Welcome to the Southwest Virginia Hoops Podcast with your host, Travis Byers, co-host Shane Presley, your production team, Chris Booby Tiller and Haley Byers. So sit back and relax for some of the greatest basketball stories in Southwest Virginia. It's the Southwest Virginia Hoops Podcast coming at you now. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Law Office of Jesse Walker McMurray and Commonwealth Title Services, both located on 191 West Jackson Street in downtown Gate City. Um, Really want to thank Jesse McMurray for sponsoring today's podcast. Uh, Jesse played um, at Gate City in the mid-2000s. I'm sure you'll hear his name come up quite a bit on today's podcast. Just really want to thank him. Um, You know, he's been such a vital part of the Gate City community, both on and off the court in the business world and uh, helping with the youth basketball and so many different things. So next time you're in need of his services, please check him out. Hello, everybody. This is Travis Vires back again for episode number four of the Southwest Virginia Hoops podcast. Again, my main man, Shane Presley, he's out, has a little sickness today. So we have uh, our co-host, Back again. What's up, guys? It's Chris Tiller. Yep, Chris Booby Tiller back again. Surprisingly, Booby, I actually had some positive feedback on you as a co-host last week. Do you believe it? Uh, it's hard to believe, but uh, sometimes you gotta gotta go with the flow. You did. You, you did. You did good. So, uh, but anyway, uh, episode three, Coach Atkins uh, had just amazing feedback on it. Um, I went back and listened to it multiple times. He's it's. Just such a good episode, has so many great stories, and um, I'm really glad a lot of people in the area was able to, you know, hear those out. So uh, we have another awesome guest today, Uh, one of the most successful coaches in Southwest Virginia history, has led, you know, one of the best programs around, absolutely. Um, In Gate City High School, we have Coach Scotty Vermillion with us today. So, super pumped about that movie. I mean, you couldn't have this coach. He's done it all. Couldn't ask for a better one to have on today. Yeah, whenever, you know, I started making the list, he was literally one of the, you know, first couple guys that I wrote down on the list that I wanted to have on. Um, So, without any further introduction, we'll go ahead and bring Coach Vermillion in. Coach, come on in. Hey, guys. How are are you all this afternoon? Thanks for for having me on the show and – I'm excited about sharing some of my experience with you guys. And I know you guys love basketball and uh, it's been my whole life. So, uh, you know, excited about sharing some, some stories with you. Yeah. So, so uh, what are you doing nowadays? I'm the principal at Gate City High School. This is my first, first year uh, doing that. Oh, I, so it's your first year. It's my first year as principal. And, uh, I, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of leadership, you know, uh, yeah. you're leading, leading adults really. Uh, yeah. I've been used to leading young men. But so what was you before you became principal? I was an assistant principal at the middle school, which is connected to the high school. And I, I did that for 15 years. Um, prior to that, I just, you know, I just taught and uh, and coached. But, you know, I've coached all the way throughout until until now. You can't you can't be a principal and coach. But and I didn't stop coaching to be a principal. It, it was just time for me to get out. And, uh, you know, and, so, and a job opened up at the high school. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I was unaware actually that you were the assistant principal the whole time while you was coaching there. I was at Hit City, but uh, coach, kind of how we've been doing things. We're just going in chronological order. Um, you know, 
what was your childhood like? Where did you grow up at? I grew up in a little place called Hilton's, Virginia. Uh, it's between Bristol and Gate City. Oh, okay. And it's like about 10 minutes out of Gate City, but a uh, little bitty town, uh, you know, small elementary school, no stoplights or anything like that. Maybe a little like council. I don't <laughs> sounds, know. Sounds a lot yeah, like yeah. council. But did yeah. you, was that school, did it still feed into It Gate fed into Gate City High School. Um, you know, when I was young, we, my mom and, and my dad, you know, my dad worked away a lot and we didn't go, we didn't go many places. I, I didn't venture out of uh, Hilton's very often. And so, you know, uh, I, I fell in love with a, with a game of basketball and, and football too. And some other things that some of our friends would play around there. But what was your first like introduction to basketball? My brother, his name is Dietze. Uh, he played at Emory Henry and uh, played for coach Bob Johnson. And I just, I really, I really, uh, fell in love with the game when so he's we, older than you. he's about 12 years older okay. than me and we would travel up I was five or six years old and we'd watch him play you know and so you know, we see big bro playing yeah really. yeah it it's cool you, you want to do better you want to yeah. do everything like him yeah and then he used to he, when I became a teenager and started really uh you know really playing the game he, he would take me different places and play against Calvin Talford and some of those guys you know yeah. and so he's around that kind of oh age. Yeah, yeah yeah my brother was really really good he was he was a lot better player than I was and, uh, so what year were you born now like, it was 1975 so yeah. this is in the 80s like, yeah in the 80s and, and he played he played at Emory with some really good players and I you know I was fell in love with watching those guys play coach Mike Young who's yeah. uh, Virginia Tech State coach my brother played with him at Emory and uh so I got to when I got to watch Mike Young play at point as point yeah, guard. Well, actually, you're telling that my wife, uh, her uncle Dave Bossett. You remember Dave? I Bossett? do. He Absolutely. played at Emory. Yeah, that I, time. I do. Yeah, yeah, that's my wife's son. That's so, cool. Yeah, that is pretty neat. Um, so, like w growing up, you know, say you're getting into like your middle school years. I mean, was you playing like did Gate City have like a a rec league or a we no we we. We had a feeder – when I say a feeder program, we had a little league program. Each elementary school that fed the high school with their four of them had their own little team, and we would travel and play. Um, and we weren't very good. We were the Hilton's Raiders, you know. Is Hilton's – is it still a school? It's still a school, okay. elementary school. It's a real small school. Um, but we would play, and uh, we'd play like eight games a year maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't as um, – we, you know, football obviously has been king in, at Gate City, which is, uh, has been a wonderful thing. Uh, and, and really in Southwest Virginia, football has really kind of dominated the, yep. the entrance, the interest of young people. But anyway, uh, we all played football too. Um, you know, so we, I fell in love with the game, but I, I wasn't really made for it. I was kind of, I was big, but I was slow <laughs> and not very athletic. So I feel you. Yeah, you understand. I really, yeah, yeah. Really does yeah. All too well. uh, we didn't have football though for him to play. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, Gate City had some success, uh, but I didn't really follow it. I again, I I didn't follow any of that till I got into high school. We we didn't go many places. So you didn't go to like the high school games? Not many. No, I basketball. probably went just to watch my brother and yeah. then watched a couple of football games. But we just no, we didn't. My mom worked three jobs, and my dad was always working, so I was always home. So when you got into like the JV type years, like mm -hmm. did you play JV basketball? I did. We had. Uh, you know, nowadays, if you're good, you play varsity as a freshman or sophomore. You know, yeah. I don't know you guys did that, but uh, I didn't. I didn't do that. I was a junior before I got to play uh, at the varsity level. But I played JV in in the tenth grade, and in the ninth grade, I played ninth ninth grade. So I wasn't even on JV in ninth grade. So who were some of those coaches that you had? Uh, coach, I had Coach Blackwell, uh, Sandy Blackwell. He was my varsity coach, and then um, Coach Greg Irvin came along when I was a senior in high school and really brought. 
uh, a successful philosophy to Gate City High School, and and it's the same philosophy and pro that we that we uh, I carried on when yeah. I followed. So him Greg up. Urban, talk a little bit mm-hmm. about like his because he was at Gate City how long? He was there long. nine nine years as a head coach and two prior to that as an assistant. But he brought he brought a program that was um, directly tied to uh, Dean Smith in Carolina, and so and it came through Pulaski. And what do you mean by that? Like uh, the the system, the actual system, and the way that it's taught, yeah, was was derived from Dean Smith's program at Carolina. Yeah, Uh, Coach Burns, Pat Burns at Pulaski, was very tight with with coach Smith, believe it or not. And coach Smith was a private man. And Dale Burns was one of the guys that, you know, would meet sometimes with, with him and a few other guys on weekends just to talk basketball. And, yeah, and cool. so anyway, that, that pro the, those program philosophies. And when I say that, I'm talking about the way you teach man to man, the way that yeah. you play motion and different things, the secondary, you know, the Carolina yeah, the secondary, secondary break. Offense, yeah. So all of that coach Irvin brought that to gate city because prior to him coming, we mainly stood in a zone. Now, now, some zones are really good, but we mainly just stood in a zone, and then offensively it was two posts, two wings, and a point, yeah. which, depending on what you had, might might be great if you had, a you know, Brad Knuckles, you know, yeah. sitting yeah, in the, the post. You controlling know. the paint. But if you don't, and you're just putting some guy down there who happened to be the biggest guy, in the, he's in the way. You know what I mean? And so I'll that's talk, neat. You know, I'll talk about the, that later. Yeah, but. from the outside looking in, you yeah. know, Gate City's just been famous forever, great man defense. Mm-hmm. And, so that was that's where it came that's from. The building block. I mean, it's the building block of what the, the 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 defensive philosophy and and change of culture uh, started there. You know, with 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 the defensive uh, approach, and then it translated into uh, offense from the defensive end to the offensive end, and and obviously from Coach Urban to me, it it, it changed. Uh, you have to put your own little wrinkles. You do. So was Coach Urban? Yeah. I know you a lot. I said this earlier. He was there your senior year. He was, was there. It was his first year. And, and what was that? What was that first? We your went, senior year. Like your we went from being. We were three and eighteen my junior year, and my senior year we were twenty one and five, and we won the first what region. A, what a turn! I know. Yeah, we won the first region in Gate City history. So, so what year was that? That was in ninety three. Ninety three. And that was the first state tournament appearance in Gate City history. We had had good teams up to then, and my brother played for. Uh, Coach Vickers in those years, but they had never uh, pushed past the first round of region. Yeah, yeah. So, that might be one of the best individual turnarounds from season yeah. to season. That it I was. Can think I can remember. It was. I, I actually my my junior year, I missed ten games. I got suspended ten games, and uh, I played in a weekend tournament. And you weren't supposed to do that, like an old math. Tournament. Oh yeah. And that was against the rules. Then they got rid of it the year after I got suspended because Dang. it was such a silly rule. But uh, we went from three and eighteen to twenty one and five. We lost to Martinsville. A team that eventually we played a few times in my coaching career in in, in the uh, region and, and state tournament. I yeah. couldn't beat them, you know what I mean. But fin- we eventually finally beat them, you know. And so I bet that felt good. Oh, it felt real good because they, you know, when I was a senior, they ended my my season. But you don't forget that. No, you don't. Those so you were you just uh, like what type of player were you your senior? I was a uh, I was a scoring post. Uh, if it, you know, if, if I got the ball in the post, it was. Uh, good chance that I was gonna score. The bucket. Yeah. Uh not I wasn't very athletic, but I you know, uh I knew how to score. Uh but I was also a good passer. Uh I was a good I was a great screener. Uh could get our, our guys open and 
we just became really efficient. I think we scored like on 67% of our possessions. It really? was crazy. So was you the leading scorer on the team? I was. Yeah. Uh, uh, so in 93, was that the same year Twin Springs won It was the same year they won state. We beat them twice that year. Though? Yeah. yeah. We, were dub- we were AA and they were single. Uh, and we had two good games against them. We we won at the buzzer uh, on the second game. but Was that rivalry just as strong It was back unbelievable. Yeah. It was unreal. Just it was actually in. unhealthy. It really, <laughs> it really was. It was unhealthy. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had Dockery on a couple yeah. episodes ago, and, and just both of those programs, I mean, it's just yeah. two of the top. I, I, yeah. I, it's hard to name two programs better yeah. as far as the, the fans. And, and, and to be in the same county, yeah. right next, I mean, you're 15 neighbors yeah. apart. Yeah, neighbors. You know, Rykov, my senior year in 93, had, had a great thing, too. They had a guy named Jason Bishop. Yep. who played at Roanoke and was the ODAC player of the year, I think, his senior year. Yep. He was excellent. He's uh, on the list of the podcast one day. Okay, yeah, he's, he's good. Um, so, your senior year, you said you got beat beat out. We, and then, we did. Um, Martinsville beat us. And then, you know, I, I, I remember going back in that next week, and we had such a great season. Uh, it was sad, you know, that it was over. And you all know how that oh, feels. It hurts. It hurts. And, and but, but then I remember Coach Mitchell from Clinch Valley. It was, was GBA Wise, but it was Clinch Valley then. Uh, Actually came and recruited me, which I thought was just insane because I had no, I had no idea, you know, that that I could. She didn't have any inspiration, really. I did. I wanted, I wanted to, but nobody, nobody was watching. Nobody, I didn't know. Nobody was, anybody was watching it. And our coach at that time didn't really get into that. And I thought my career was kind of over, you know. Uh, But turns out he came and offered me a scholarship, and that's, you know, I, I was uh, obviously excited about that, but. I took one trip up and, and to Clinch Valley, and I know you guys have been there, but uh, and played in that old gym, the old, old Greer gym, and yeah. man, I was in love. You know, you got, got a chance to play the game again. And With bleachers only on one side, bleachers <laughs> on one side, a stage on the other. T.J. McCamus and I, we played one year together. We used to dive onto the stage and fight and do whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get more yeah. more on that. Did yeah. you all? Did you all like? have any competitiveness in practices and stuff we did but it, you know it's one of those it's one of those things like uh uh you, you know you knew he was on your team and he knew i was on his team even though we would and he we, was younger though, right? he was younger he was three years younger than me and he was i tell you t, uh, not, whatever i don't know a lot of people have their opinions about me or about tj or whatnot but tj was a an ultimate teammate uh, yeah He's one of those guys you want on your team. You, yeah, yeah. you don't want to play against him. You don't want to play against him. You want him on your team. And, and you know, that he, he took that through college and started a bunch of games. You know, it probably wasn't as skilled as a lot of the other guards that Clinch Valley had at that time. But I mean, there wasn't anybody tougher. So, yeah. You know, and, and he and I formed a really good friendship. I was in his wedding. And, uh, we, we just became really good friends then. And if you've seen us coach against each other, we almost fight, you know, when we're coaching. Yeah. But we're really close friends. Yeah. Uh, Almost best friends. So yeah, I, I remember uh, crazy. I played in an old men's tournament against TJ. I was oh, I was in high school. And I mean, he was just checking me <laughs> yeah. with the forearm. Oh, yeah, he don't care. If no, he does not. Yeah. Um, so you know your your career at Wise. I mean, did you end up starting some and just my uh, freshman year? I got a dose of reality. We we had a good team too. We had, I had Robert Spears and. Uh, who played at Pi Valley and then went to UTSU and played three years, but then he transferred back. So we had some really good players, and I didn't get to play much. I think I scored uh, 22 points and had 24 rebounds my freshman year, so I didn't get to play a whole lot. We we went to uh, Dallas for a tournament, 
and everybody got to go except me and uh, two other freshmen, Jeff Lester. Y'all remember Jeff Lester yeah. played at Garden? Yeah. Me and Jeff and another another freshman didn't get to go because they, so they didn't have tickets. Played, yeah, yeah, I, played, I, I, I yeah. didn't realize. I, I played, played with that. Jeff for four years, actually three years. I think he was ineligible one year but uh, for academics. But, uh, yeah, I played with Jeff. Um, Jeff and I became almost, I guess you'd call it best friends when we were in college. Yeah. But, yeah, so yeah, really good, good guy. One. Man, he could jump. Ooh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, he used to play uh, council old-timers all the time. Yeah. He'd come over and play. <laughs> All those, uh, they're all cousins or, yeah. or whatever. They used to always come over. Yeah. Um, so that was my freshman year. I didn't need to play much. And then my sophomore year, the way things turned out, uh, I, I got to start and then I just started playing really well. I, I said I started playing really well. I was a consistent player. You know, I didn't shoot much, but when I did, it was layups and then I got a bunch of rebounds. You did your job. I did my job. And so, I just became one of our consistent players. And so, you know, I earned that starting position. And I started for three years. Uh, tore my ACL at the end of my junior year. I had surgery in May and ended up playing my senior year with a brace and all that. It was different. It hurt, but it was uh, still a very successful year. We won a lot of games when I, when I was there. I think uh, until the Zach Moore era, we had our four years. My four years, the group that I came in with, like, we won more games than anybody had ever won in yeah. Valley. But I think that's obviously with Zach and those guys. Uh, they changed that. Yeah. Yeah, Zach. So yeah. that was, I guess, what was it, nine, late 90s? Yeah, graduated? I graduated in 97. And then I think Zach came in in 99. Yeah. He, I think he graduated from Pound in 98 or something. But that team had Stacey Irvin and Zach. I think Mike Ratliff was a part of that uh, early. I don't yeah. think he was a part of the team that actually went to the national tournament. Uh, but those guys, those guys were, and it was all local guys, you know, or well, not all, but most. A lot, most, yeah, they were a lot of local, local players. Lot, Matt Bays from Twin Springs. And was that, uh, what was the coach at that time? Uh, Lee Clark. Lee Clark, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was at Twin Springs. He was at Twin Springs in 93 when they won a state title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, when you were in college, was you going into teaching? Like, was that No, um, I was, I had, I got an accounting degree with a business minor. And then as I, right as I was graduating, I got into youth ministry a little bit, and my wife and I were the youth pastors at our church. And then one Sunday at church, uh, John Vickers, who happened to be – he coached for 25 years at Gate City as a head coach. Anyways, and it's Greg Irvin's uh, father-in-law. Anyway, he came he came to me at church one day after church and said that Don Flick, who was at Twin Springs, has resigned. He said, you up might ought to think – might I consider coaching. And I had never really considered coaching as a profession. And I went home and it was like, you know, that feeling in your belly, like you just can't shake it. So this know? is right out of college. Right yeah. out of college. Yeah. And and I just had that feeling in my stomach. And this is a true story. I applied, I went the next day to the school board office and applied. And on Friday, they hired me. <laughs> so that's that's how that happened. The, what was the position? Was it head coach head at Twin Spring? Yeah. Okay. I, I've been head coach since I was like 22 years old. Yeah, so yeah, you didn't – there was no assistant. No. You just, no. Really? So how no. was it uh, going straight into uh, that? Was there a big learning curve? Oh, I was eager. And, you know, you know when you're young, you can yeah, be you're invincible. So you're were you invincible. teaching then at the time? I started oh. teaching. Uh, I had to go back to Clinch Valley that summer and stuff and get my teaching yeah. stuff done. But And I did that pretty quick. But um, So I, what year I, was I, that have been? That was 98, 99. 98, and who's on that? 
Twin Springs team? That would have been Luke Osborne, David Osborne. Um, I had a bunch of great kids, and, and we, we actually won the uh, district tournament that year. First year in. First year in. Castlewood won the district. They beat us twice. But then we beat them in the tournament. Now, there's a funny story. I got to tell you this story. That tournament game was at Twin Springs. Back then, they rotated it That's from how, school yeah. to school. And they may yeah. still do that in the Black Diamond or whatever. But uh, after the game, Randy Poole was the coach at Castlewood. And after the game, Randy Poole goes after the officials into uh, kind of the place where our locker room was at. Well, my dad – I'm watching film at the end of the game because I'm watching Randy Poole go and <laughs> chase the officials off in the locker room. Well, I'm watching film, and I see this little skinny dude jumping over the rail at Twin Springs, and I was like, who is that? And I rewound it, and it was my dad. <laughs> and he, I called him. I was like, Dad, what were you doing? He said, I thought I thought their coach was coming after you. Really? <laughs> so he was going after him. Yeah, that's – Oh, man, that's, my well, that's pretty red, good. My dad's a redneck. But, you know, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. But uh, that was my – yeah, you know when you're young, you're just eager and full of it. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's how I coached for 10 years, man. Just, and did you have – was you uh, married or anything at that I time? I was married, yeah. I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, we dated from the first day of ninth grade, and we got married our senior year in college. So I was married uh, – I had a little we had a little boy and it, it was a it was a neat time we moved yeah. to nicholsville we lived where we caught and coached and yeah you know i planned on being there forever i really did and it just happened after five years it just it lord opened another door so that so in that five year span you know did you have a lot of success we did we won the after that first we season. won the conference or the district tournament four out of those five years and then we won the district my last year there and lost the tournament I think in uh, 23 years of coaching, that's the only district tournament that our team ever didn't win, which was pretty neat. But uh, we had a lot of success. We couldn't win a region game. I, you know, and I could tell you, we could go and talk about coaching all day long, but it, eventually it, it comes down to um, possessions. And you all know that. Uh, and, and we, I just didn't know how to defend well, and I didn't really know how to get the best shots. And, no. So we we played really hard and we did decent stuff and we had good players and so we won some games but you know to win it all you have to you have to be good in a lot Everything's of places. Everything's got to be perfect. Yeah, you got to be good in a lot of places because uh, there's a lot of coaches like Rick Corman at Radford. Uh, there's Rick Goodman when he was you know when you guys went through your they were just so hard to beat because they knew what they were doing. Yeah. You know, and from day one they set their program up and. Uh, you know, designed that team around their best fit. You know, that zone that you guys ran with Brad Knuckles sitting in the middle. Yeah. And on, and even when he would come out on top, he would come out on top sometimes. And just unbelievable. So, did you play council? I, got I coached against – yeah, I did. I coached against them. Uh, they came down and played us my second year, I think, and beat us by about 20. And, you know, Brad was young then. Uh, and his team's coach, uh, coaches' teams were so hard to play against, you know. I think, and then when I went to Gate City, you know, we played against Council in that region tournament at Castlewood. And, yeah. and I knew going in, I'm, I, you just know you're, you're not. We might have had uh, a couple better athletes and maybe a better shooter, but he was a better coach and, they, and you guys were a better team, you know. And I knew that going in. Yeah, that was uh, a great game. It was a great game. Yeah, um, so, in those Twin Springs days, uh, you had Keith Warner play for you, right? Mm -hmm, he did. Was he pretty young? Though? As a freshman, he was young. So, he played freshman on varsity for you? He did. 
Yeah, um, you know, me and Keith, you know, we talked and he told me a story about the year that you ended up leaving Twin Springs. Like he was just really wanting to transfer with you mm -hmm. to Gate City. You know, he talked about just how high character of a guy that you were and that you set him down and basically told him, you know, not to, right? That, yeah. you know, the, that they had a good thing going at Twin Springs. Yeah. And I would know. love to have had him. And then, you know, Tyler Webb was in the same boat. Uh, I had picked up Tyler Webb when he was sixth and seventh, no, seventh grade, I guess, and eighth grade and when he was young. And we would go to the gym. This was back before I had kids and, you know, but we, we would go free time. a lot of free time and we'd go to the gym. And my goal with Tyler Webb was to teach him how to handle the basketball, be able to catch it on the perimeter and be able to do some things with it and not just be a stand under yeah. rim guy. So we did a lot of that with Tyler. And, you know, when I left, I had coached Tyler two years and Keith one year. And when I left, both of those guys kind of wanted to go and I would, I would love to have them, but. It just was not the right thing to do for that community, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they ended up winning the region the next two years. I mean, that, they, my goodness, they had a good team. Yeah. So that's that's a hard thing to do, and uh, it's to tell because you know, as a coach, you'd want to have them. Oh yeah. So I think that's a pretty noble you know, thing. Noble thing to do to say stay yeah. there, and because it takes a lot of fire. Yeah, and those two communities, I think if you know, Stacy Irvin had a chance to go play for Greg Irvin, his uncle, uh, his senior year, but he stayed back and. Uh, you know, if if any of those guys would have done that, I, it just would have been war. Yeah, it would have been. It wouldn't have been pleasant. Yeah. It would have been a good game to watch in the stands. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but, so your last year at Twin Springs, you said the door opened at Gate City. Was that when Greg Irvin stepped was, down? Yes. And they did they reach out to you? They did. They did, and um, you know, it was one of those. It, it, it's it. You almost think you know that's an easy decision, but it was not. I was. Because we lived in Nicholsville, we were my wife and I were connected there. I loved those those kids. There was a couple of them that would stay at our house because they had a difficult home life. I mean, so I, I was really connected to the to that team, to those players, Keith and Tyler and all those guys. And uh, we've actually lost like three of the three of those kids are have passed away. Believe it or not, really? yeah, they just had. Just difficult home. That's me. Like I, as younger coaches, I am. Yeah. I've had multiple kids. That's that, the way that you coach. It's crazy, tough, you know. But that, yeah, and I, you know, I, I was getting my master's at that time, so I could become a principal. And I, the Lord pulled me over on the side of the road in Pinkton Gap, and told me to turn to Joshua one. And so I started reading Joshua one, and and right there on verse nine, where it says, "Be strong, courageous, and go into the land that I'm giving you." Basically, is what He told Joshua, and I just felt like that was Him saying, "It's okay to go," you know. And uh, it's the only time in my life that God's ever said go to this scripture. And so I went there and that was my, that gave me the decision to go. Yeah. And so we ended up, awesome. we ended up going and, you know, the rest of the story. Yeah. It worked, so out, worked out pretty it good. It worked out pretty so good. So that was in 2000. That was uh, in 2003. Three. Three. Yep. Right there. The 2003, 2004 season was my first at Gate City. I think that was the year we played you guys. In the region tournament. So, uh, okay, so that was your first year against. That was my first. And year. you have uh, Jesse McMurray yep. on that team. Yeah. And uh, who's some other guys? That you have Jesse, Will, and Luke Humphreys, uh, Josh Kilgore, Nate Clark. Uh, those guys were uh, Logan Bateman, Mark Eastep. Those guys were all they'd all played together forever. And I, they weren't very big, you know. They six foot and under. We were very small for for a double A school, and then. Um, it was a good team, uh, but but we weren't great because I wasn't I wasn't great. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was still – I was learning, but I was five years into coaching. I was 27 years old and had yet to learn how to put um, the pieces that you have into a system that wins. I was still trying to incorporate – I was still trying to take a system and make my pieces yeah. fit. And at, at the high school, that's tough. To yeah, do. you can't do it because you can't recruit. And yeah. So it took me a while to learn. Jesse's senior year, the next year, I actually – learned how to do that a little better with the pieces that I had. Because we looked and we said, okay, we're not big. How can we win? Yeah, you all were playing very up-tempo at that time. Yeah, right? we had like to. Oh, we were. Man, it was denial. It was, it yeah. was, I mean, and it became, it was chaotic, but it was under control. You're, it's your chaos. It's yeah. your chaos that yeah. you're making. Yeah, yeah but Jesse McMurray, um, he's got to be one of the best shooters ever in Southwest yeah. Virginia. In my opinion, I mean, I don't see anybody that's a yeah. better just – Pure shooter. Yeah, than what he was. He, he hit so many tough it. shots. And he did. I remember just going and watching him. You know, I was in like what seventh grade or something at camp, and just I just sat out there and watched him. And you know, I watched the way that he worked on his shot. You know, he wasn't out there from what I saw anyway, shooting dumb shots in mm -hmm. practice. Like, and that was a, a thing that I caught on to early. You know, just watching guys like that. But yeah. You all played back to that council game in the region semis, mm -hmm. and council beat you all to mm -hmm. put you out. And that was his junior year. It was his junior year. Yeah, uh, we had beat Castlewood the, the the game before that. Jesse actually had a shot to beat Castlewood in the, at the buzzer. Uh, we 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 just weren't great. I mean, we weren't good defensively. We weren't great offensively. We had some nice pieces. I just I just didn't know how to put them all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and we, we went from there. You know, I, I think about in coaching, my best seasons came after some of my most, most hurtful defeats. You know, when you lose games that, you, you you know, like at Twin Springs, I never could win a region game as a coach. And we had some good teams. We just couldn't win. And and it was frustrating because you're like, okay, we're playing hard. We're, you know, we're, we're getting the right people's shots and we're blah, blah, blah. But, until, until you get to a place, if you want to build a program, you know, and you want to sustain, you want a program that will sustain itself, no matter what pieces you got, you have to figure out uh, the the you have to take data and figure out the truth of the game. Like two plus two is four, and you you can't break. So so if that means if I if we can get to the free throw line, you know, where we shoot seventy five percent, that's a better shot than a baseline jumper that has been charted over time. It happens yeah. to be anywhere between 18 and 25 percent. So you have to erase those things out of your game. And that's hard to – you don't just convince kids. You have to show them. And 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 you got to pull those things out of your program, out of your system, and you have to get to the line more. You know, Dean, Dean Smith had one, had one thing that he tried to do each and every night that they played, and that's make more free throws than the opponent attempts. Yeah, and there's Carolina a reason for that. Yeah. yeah, and and not only there, but there's all kinds of little things like that inside your inside the game. No matter what your pieces are, that you want to figure out how to get to, and that's how you win consistently. You know what I mean? I think I think like you said. So you lost 2004 there in regionals, and then you came back in 05, and that was McMurray's senior year. And you yeah. all had a lot of success. We so. did, and you know, anytime you, anytime you work extremely hard, you de you deserve to win. You know, and that was kind of where Jesse was. We went to summer camp that summer, and all of his teammates uh, went with us. You know, and sometimes in summer it's hard to get everybody to go, but everybody went, and 
of course we went to the beach at coastal Carolina. That kind of helps, you know, yeah. get everybody on board. But I think but, I was down there maybe that year. Yeah. Uh, Jesse's well, senior Je- year. Jesse was, kid. he had worked so hard and, and his teammates, it started funneling. The ball started funneling to him even more, you know, and, and the screens were coming from the, our big guys and, uh, it just naturally started flowing through him, and he caught he caught heat at camp, and we were beating everybody. And uh, matter of fact, we we were beating this one team that had this player that was going to Coastal Carolina, and we were beating the dog out of them. And they got so mad that they started to fight us, you know. And we <laughs> it was like a brawl. And anyway, it was it was it was crazy fun. But but that 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 next season, Jesse had worked so hard that like his his resolve was such that he wasn't going to lose. And you know he 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 had felt the pain of losing you know his the two previous years and then his senior year we still didn't we didn't win the region but we played in the region championship game against Twin Springs uh, and and it was it was uh, it was a hurtful loss I mean that loss that loss hurt and uh, but we had to regroup and the loser of that game went and played the the region C. Uh, champion. So you, you played the region final against yeah. Twins. Was Twin that the first Springs. time you played Twin Springs? It was. It was the first time. What we was played. that like? That, like I hated playing against it. Keith I, I didn't like it because it, you know, it was, it was my team. You know yeah. what I mean? So both of my teams were playing, and here I am dressed in blue. And, yeah. and of course, uh, we lost. We got up thirteen or fourteen in that game, and and we lost a kid to an injury. Uh, one of the Humphreys kids hurt his knee during the game, and then our point guard Nate Clark turned his ankle. It was like a perfect storm. It went from up thirteen to and you just feel it. Like you could feel it going. Sand. Where was that game at? Council. Uh, it was Clintwood, I believe. Clint it was either Clintwood or Council. It would have been Council. Clinchco. Yeah. One of those. Seats. I believe we it's Clinchco. It's one of those places. Yeah. I think it's Clinchco. Actually, what was uh, Keith Warner like? coaching against it, he, man he never stopped you know the kid yeah. hustles all the time he plays all the time he hit a shot in that game no it was no 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 it was it was a couple years later he hit a he hit a big three but i'll talk about that loss too but we i lost to twin springs twice and it was they were both hurtful you know what i mean yeah personally hurtful and then program hurtful you know because yeah. but but it was okay. into the smaller but, you know looking back now i'm 46 years old i look back and i'm like those were two of the best teams ever around yeah. here you know and i'm I'm like wow i was a part of both of those but uh but yeah we luke jesse jesse had worked so hard that his senior year we we lost in the region championship game went to glenver and we won 43 42. it was an ugly game we couldn't score uh, we were really good defensively, so they couldn't score. Uh, but we finally, we finally hit enough shots. Jesse scored twenty-one. He hit like fifteen of them in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, he finally hit some shots. It's that resolve uh, you're talking about. Yeah, that's it, where that comes once you have worked that hard, you know, you push through those things, and that's what happened. We beat Glenver, and then we played in the Final Four. We lost to Surrey County in the Final Four, who had a head coach. His name was Joe Ellis, who was dying of cancer, and he died in March of that year. And they actually beat Twin Springs the next night in the yeah. finals. Yeah, so Mark, whenever he was on, yeah. he told that story. Yeah, like, uh, that yeah, that's crazy. And Twin Springs had the best team in the state that year. They genuinely did. Um, but this team played. It was it was inspired basketball. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that was just. Uh, I was talking with Shannon Boy. Um, you know, he was talking about losing to um, Surrey County with the coach. It was like not that there's ever a moral victory or anything, but it was like. Just yeah, meant to be. It I was think. meant like to be for them. You all and Beach Twin Springs mm-hmm. meant for them. You know? Yeah, and w- w- what a storyline it would have been if it would have been us and Twin Springs down the finals. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if we could have beaten them. Maybe we could have, but they were awful good. 
Yeah. Uh, they had that kid from a uh, volunteer to Chucky Lynn home yeah. who was, uh, he was a player of the year, I think in Tennessee the year prior to that. Uh, so they, they were good, man. I, it's one of the most talented teams yeah. that come out of here. So that was McMurray's last game. And, uh, he, he went on to play at Carson Newman. Uh, what I was going to ask who, who did you all play the night he broke that record? When he hit the most, it was pound, pound, played pound. Yeah, that was senior year. That was the senior yeah. year. Yep. So he went on to Carson Newman, and then uh, the next year was 06. Like, was that Tyley's? That was Tyley's freshman year. Tyley uh, Anderson, yeah, great, great guard out there for the listeners. Um, yeah, he was so he's... good. Tyley was good, and uh, we had some other players that were young. They were sophomores uh, and juniors who hadn't gotten a lot of time with Jesse's team, uh, but I learned a good lesson. In that transition, Jamie Hackney and Tyler Parks were both freshmen on Jesse's senior senior team, and and, I, and Coach Irvin told me a long time ago that in in order to build a program that will sustain itself, you have to take your your best freshmen, your best sophomores, and let them play up. And yeah. and whether they can contribute that year or not, they need time. They need to get. So you're definitely in that philosophy. We've all absolutely been like that. Is you guys can, and I was at Twin Springs, and you guys kind of had to be. Yeah, because because a lot of times your freshman sophomore were better than some of your, but I'm in a, you know at Gate City I was in a spot where my seniors were probably as good as or better than my freshmen, but if there's not an obvious advantage there or there's not some kind of connection where I have to play these guys because they deserve it, yeah, then I have to take two or three of these young guys and pull them up, and it's not it's not for that season, it's for the next one. Because in 06 and 07, 06, we were very, very successful. We didn't make it out of the region. But in 07 and 08, that same group played for a state championship two years in a row. So, was that Tylee's Tylee's junior, junior – uh, Tylee's sophomore year and Tylee's junior year, we played for a state title. We should have won it his sophomore year. We had we had Clark County down eight and five minutes to go and didn't score. You know? So, you lost two back-to-back. Back-to-back state, state, state finals yeah. in 07 and 08. But I learned from 04 to 08 – that it doesn't really – it matters who you got, don't get me wrong, but it, the, the the personnel doesn't matter as much as the principle of what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. You know, if the team that gets the most shots and the best shots wins. Yeah. Yeah, Simple as that. A, that's something that's propelled Gate City, yeah. and, you know, you all over the yeah. years is just the – And it's – you know, sometimes it's one or two or three or four players, and, you know, my philosophy actually is I want to see the scorebook, you know, 10, 12, 14, 12, 10, 9. But there's there's some seasons, if you don't adapt, you know, like with Mac, Zach, and Brad, those three guys were the only three guys later on, we'll talk about that, that scored in those on those teams. Yeah. Everybody else did everything else but score. And but that was our best chance of winning. So you have to adapt. You have, yeah, you have to be able to you you have a philosophy, but yeah, you have to recognize when you don't have that philosophy to fit that style. Absolutely. And that's how you – that is how you win consistently over and over and over and over again for years and years and years. And there's some other things that go into that, Yeah, too. something I wanted to ask you you about a couple of things. Actually, the first one is uh, the youth program at Gate City. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Coach Atkins out here at Battle, we're trying to get it get it uh, renovated a little bit. Um, you know, you all had a great youth program for mm-hmm. years. Uh, was that started by you or before? I did. I started it in uh, – when my son was in the fourth grade uh, – we started that youth program. What I, what, what I did was I looked, I, I watched for years and I tried to help our rec league 
and I watched that thing just be really bad. Yeah. You know, we'd have two 14-minute halves running clock and coaches that they just pull out of the community that don't know what they're doing, you know, yeah. to be honest with you. And so when, I, when my young – when my son was coming, I was like, I, I want this to be better. So I got with some men in our community, and Jesse McMurray actually was one of them. Um, and after a couple of years, he actually took it over and ran it until this year. Uh, so, so anyway, um, we what we did is we took and, and we had we had evaluations or tryouts or whatever, and we take our kids from third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and we put them on teams of eight, nine guys, ten guys, and we played within like our feeder program is the only kids that I allow, allow to play in it. Uh, anyway, and so we 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 established what we were going to do, and we ran nothing but man. And yep. we ran nothing but different team. things that we tried to do. I'm not saying zone's not good. It is with your personnel if you can teach it and if, if you do it correctly. Uh, but zone's actually harder to teach than man. People don't understand it. They think that zone's easier because, it, you know, you put if them you in play the right way, it's, it's not. It's, it's, not, not it's, it's so difficult. Yeah. But anyway, we established a Little League program that runs our stuff. And not, not just that, but we have the right people coaching. Yep. You know, we have godly men for the most part. There, I mean, you know, we. I actually got a like a separate corporation thing where I could do what I wanted to in my little league, and I actually rented the gym. So, yeah, and so we got godly men who who aren't. They're not cussing. They're not fussing. They're not doing yeah. all that stuff, and they're teaching kids how to play hard and enjoy each other, and and how to do it the right way. Yeah. And and the, the the character development in your little league program is is as important as your basketball skill development. Yeah. And what we would do each year, we would take our coaches, and I would do a clinic with them. Every every year right before season start, we'd go, and I'd do a clinic. And the clinic would be, here's what I want practice to look like. And so we'd spend an hour of nothing but fundamental stuff, ball handling, shooting, passing, catching, running, stuff that is simple, uh, and it's repetition. You know, repetition, 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 repetition for an hour. And then I gave them 30 minutes. They just practice an hour and a half. I give them 30 minutes and say, okay, now in this 30 minutes, you can run these inbounds plays. You can run. Yep. But we, we don't run at Gate City. We still don't. We don't run a lot of plays. We just – we develop better okay. players. Yep. Yeah. I think that's something that I've noticed, you know, over the years is just Gate City, you all had – you have ninth and tenth men or women in the, in the girls' game that, that are coming in that – know how to play mm-hmm. you know they know how to play the game I mean, they're gonna get in swing the ball and they're yeah. gonna help on a rotation yeah. on defense and I, you know i've always thought that it had to be something with your youth program and you know it's, i've talked to it, you it's definitely it, we we build it from there and the game is so um sometimes overcoached you know it's a simple uh, game it's a simple game yeah it's a game of possessions and you have to win one more possession than your opponent when all the things are equal and uh, you know, there's a ton of ways you can you can get to that, uh, but that's how our practices go. We we try to build players, and then we try to teach them how to play, and then we let them go to play. You know what I mean? I don't I don't want to control my guys. I want I want I want to release my guys, yep. and when they get out of control, obviously I pull them back in. Right, yeah. uh, but you know, I Mike McClung, and we'll talk about him later. But a kid like that, when you see that kind of talent, you want to let those guys go. You know. You don't want to hold them back. Yeah, something, you know, another question that I wanted to ask you. It's, you know, always been kind of a, I don't know, necessarily a rumor, but, you know, a lot of people from the outside looking in has said that Gate City gets helped a lot by Kingsport kids. Mm -hmm. Is that, like, how much of that goes on? Like, kids that 
could go to Dobbins Bennett or something mm-hmm. or somewhere in Kingsport, but they come over the line and go to Gate City. Yeah. Is that- if, you, if you know the territory, a lot of the kids that we get from Tennessee are either East Carters Valley or West Carters Valley, which is the road that, that is basically connects Tennessee and Virginia. It basically goes right down the middle. But most of those kids, if not, I'm going to say 80 to 90% of the kids that we get that live in Tennessee, their parents are Gate City grads. Yeah. So, it, it's in the family, basically. Um, and we don't have as many Tennessee kids as people think we have. Yeah, it's uh, just a, something that's And we don't the- have, like, kids transfer from Dobbins Bend. I've, I have, I've had two kids transfer. I, I, I don't want to tell a lie. Let me think. I've had two kids transfer from Tennessee schools to Gate City High School, and neither one of them were outstanding players. Yeah. They were both great people and great teammates. And ended up, one of them is still coaching in our community. He's, he works in Scott County, and his they came over and stayed, and they live in Hilton. As a matter of fact, it's kind yeah. of funny, but and they're great. So you didn't people. have a lot of just you know no. someone mad at Dobbins Bent Junior Year. And just no, those those kids, and I, I'll be honest with you, if they're leaving somewhere, there's a problem. No, I said I just be honest with you. You yeah. know, if they're if they're leaving Dobbins Bennett and trying to come to Gate City, something's wrong. Uh, you don't let, you don't leave Charlie Morgan and those guys. Those are good coaches and good programs. And if you're leaving those programs, then I don't want you. Yeah. And so I, I've had at least five or six men reach out to me and say, "Hey, my son wants to come." I had a guy one time come, and his son played at Volunteer, and he come on the night that we were playing Graham in a in a region quarterfinal game and on our and brought his son in my locker room while I'm getting ready to talk to to my team and said, Hey, we're coming, we're wanting to come next year. And I was like, I, you know, I was very nice, but you know, eventually I had to tell them, you know, no, you know, if you want to move over here and you want to do all the stuff that needs to be done to be uh, legal or whatever, he never came. He went to Daniel Boone. But at the end of the day, like, like when they come to me, my years at Gate City, I miss, I, I want everybody to know this. When people would come to me and say, I want to transfer my son, I didn't even entertain that thought. I just basically said, if if you're a student here next year, you'll be considered on, you know, to be on our team. But I'm not recruiting. We're not yeah. looking to. And so those guys, that may be a, that is kind of a rumor, maybe. But th- those kids from Tennessee, if we had them, we had them when they were in elementary yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you, you, we left off. You was uh, talking about your 2008 state runner-up. Um, so in 09, would that have been Tali's senior Tally's year? Tali's senior year. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I have a funny story about Tali. Uh, we were at camp, at Gate City Camp, and Neil Rastic you know, was my head coach. I think we were in JV. Or I was in like eighth grade, and Tali was maybe two years ahead of me as a sophomore. We were playing you all. And I had those, uh, I still have this bump on my knee. I don't know what that's called. Uh, I was good slaughter, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was uh, in eighth grade, and Neil made me be the point guard in a, in a varsity game against uh, Gate City. And, you know, I was a decent player, but I wasn't ready for eighth grade, yeah. you know, playing against Gate City. And I remember just bringing the ball up against Ty Lee and him just taking it from me just constantly. <laughs> and I'm limping, and you know, I'm like, Neil, you know, my knee. And he's like, he has nothing to do with your knee. <laughs> and in all honesty, you know, even if I was healthy, he would have still yeah. took it from me. But uh, I just specifically remember that. You all gave us the business that night. Ty Lee had, had this uh, gift, and it's the same gift that uh, Mike McClung had. And Ty Lee, Ty Lee could rise to the occasion and and complete plays. He could finish plays uh, 
that most people couldn't finish. You know, we played. He played in the in when he, I guess his junior year when we played King William in the Final Four. There was a six nine kid who had talked smack on social media, and you know how they do that stuff. The kids know, but I didn't know it till later. But uh, <laughs> uh, he Ty Lee took it to him. I mean, he had twenty one points, and uh, I'll tell you a funny story. We were in the press conference after the game, and you know, I was waiting, and Ty Lee was waiting to be interviewed, and their coach and that player was sitting, uh, getting interviewed, and they asked that player, they said, uh, what did you think about Anderson? You know, uh, he's not real big, but such and such. And the, and, and the kid said, and he, you know, big kid, he's a good player too, but he said, ah, he was okay. And his coach hit him. He said, okay. He, he said he had 21 points, blah, 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 blah. You know, it was one of those yeah. things. And the coach looked at the reporter and was like, the kid is really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. That's one of those things, like, yeah. when they interview high school kids, you know, yeah. they, they've never really been interviewed yeah. much or, like, yeah. in front of a camera. Yeah. It's hard to say. Tyler was really good. He couldn't shoot it. He couldn't shoot a lick. He'll tell you that. Yeah. He could shoot free throws and layups. But he yeah. scored, like, 1,700 points on layups and free throws. I mean, yeah, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of It's a lot of layups. Did you ever play against Tyler no. in high school? Yeah, man. He was just tough. He was unreal. He was a great point guard. Yeah. And I think, you know, playing against him – and, you know, well, I played against him some even after high school and men's terms and stuff, just his character. Was yeah, so he's sweet. Too. Tyler's a sweet young man. Yeah. 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 And he's, he works, you know, he's a he's a, uh, a deputy in our county yeah, now. Yeah, and, uh, I knew that. He's, he's doing so well. And he went to so proud of him. He did. Yeah. To be out and played. And... Um, you know, one thing about Gate City, too, that is pretty unique, I, I think, is just the environment in the gym mm-hmm. that you all have. And, yeah. like, it, it, like you still have the old bleachers in there, right? Mm-hmm. Like the wooden bleachers. The old wooden bleachers. And even the floor, it's pretty yeah, old, right? It's pretty old. You know, it used to be one of the newer gyms. Yeah. It's one of the older ones. Uh, and it's kind of a cracker box. You know, it's 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 not necessarily small, but it's packed. You know, yeah. the bleachers are ripped right on the, the floor. floor. And uh, it's, it's just a unique uh, – it's a unique uh, environment. And that's how all – actually thinking about it, all three of the Scott County schools are all still like that, aren't they? They, they also are. have the old wooden bleachers yeah. and just great environments. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, something I don't know a whole lot about really is, uh, you know, I graduated in 2010 from that 2010 through like before Mac and them, I guess it was like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Like what was some of those years? Like a very good, it, it's very good. I'll tell you that I'll tell you a funny story after Brad graduated, I had a guy that, that was somewhat close to our, our community. Uh, who said something about, hey, man, he told me this. He said, like, hey, man, it was neat to have three good years there, wasn't it, or something. I was like, <laughs> three good years. I yeah. said, go check the record books. I said, we've been winning for a long time, you know yeah. what I mean? But you win the big one, and then everybody looks around like, oh, that's cool. Uh, those years were great years. 2011, we were one shot away from, I think, a state championship. Radford beat us on a last-second shot in the state quarters. Who was the players? Who was uh, the, we had Austin Arnold, who is now oh, – yeah. he went to Lynchburg College and was all an ODAC player. Uh, he he scored 1,000 points up there. Austin was good. And him and his cousin Paul Arnold and Andy Arnold, the Arnolds, and his – their dads played for Coach John McCrary over at uh, Sullivan North. Okay. So long. Yeah, I remember Many, Arnolds. many years ago. But the Arnolds and then Coach Irvin's oldest son, Luke Irvin, who happened to be player of the year in the state in 2013. Uh the, the, the 2011 team could have won it. The 2012 team might have been the best overall team, and we lost to Virginia High. We'd beaten them four times, and we lost in the region tournament against Virginia High. They were good, too. They played in the Final Four. 
But in 2013, we played for a state title again against Radford. Uh, we were up five and a half time. They just come out. But Coach Corman, he did his magic, and you know they they beat us. Uh, he's a really Coach Corman is a really good coach. I don't know if you guys have watched Radford much, but yep. anyway, uh, was his son? His son probably wasn't Cam. Yet, was he? No, he year? was not. No, right. he was still no. But they, you know, we we had good years there. We played for a state title in thirteen. Could have won it in eleven. Uh, fourteen and fifteen were a little thin. Uh, we were young. Uh, but the head coach now, John Reed Barnes, was uh, in 2016. He played on that team, and we ended up playing Martinsville in the Final Four, and they beat us pretty good. They they, they beat us by So that was 16? So. Yeah, that was 16. Yeah. And, and that happened to be Max's freshman year, and after that it was – not as Max's sophomore year. After that, obviously, you know. Now your son, Drew, right? Yeah. He, yeah, he was, a, he, he was a freshman on that team. So he was a 19 graduate. Mac was an 18 graduate. Uh, but in 16, Drew was a freshman, and then Zach Irvin was a freshman on that team. And those were good teams. Uh, we lost in either the you know region championship or the state tournament. Now, the region back then, and there was two years or three years there where the region was actually like half state. Do you all remember that? Yeah. yeah. Instead of it being region A, B, C, D, it was like – I can't remember exactly yeah, what so that name It was east and west. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird, and it was just odd. Like, Martinsville was in our region, and, you know, it was very hard to beat them. They had some really good players. but So, we, during those years, like, who was your biggest rival during that time? Probably probably Virginia High in our, in our region. Um, was you still in the – well, I guess during those we years, were in, you weren't called in the LPD. Were it you? was called the Clinch Mountain District. Yeah. Clinch, yeah, the Clinch Mountain District. Uh, no, the LPD years were a little bit prior to that. Yeah, that was uh, before, I guess, all those law yeah, schools. Yeah. But I, this is reaching back, but it's just something uh, I'm interested in is when you were in the LPD, what were, what were some of the best rivalries then, like those gyms that you went yeah, to? Yeah, like, I love those wise J.I. Burton, when they were good, was always hard. They were hard yeah. to play against, and it was a hard gym to play in. Uh, Powell Valley was always, you know, you couldn't look past them. Because yeah. they were always athletic and big and strong, uh, those were probably the two good the two good teams uh, that were. But we, you know, when we were in LPD. We were we were really we we played a style of basketball that the LPD wasn't. They didn't like it. Just to be honest with you, they wanted to walk it up, run their set, and then go back and and sit in their zone or man and and you know let you shoot yeah. shots. But we didn't let that happen, you know. So we. When we were in LPD, man, we really pressed and we really pushed the ball and we really attacked. And we might have took some bad shots, but we were we were shooting a lot of layups too, you know. And you we would we would get up by twenty and, and the game would be over and then the game would change. You know what I mean? It, it became kind of, you know, you gotta be careful yeah. how you how you finish this game. Uh but and then that's not fair too, because you know, when you get up twenty in the second quarter or thirty. You still like those guys still deserve like Jesse McMurray, for example. He still deserves a chance to play in the second half, you know. And that some people didn't like that uh, that I would play my guys all the way through until you know three or four minutes left in the fourth, and I'm pulling them. Uh, but 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 they deserve to play. You know what I mean? Like Jesse had put in more time than anybody in our program, maybe ever. I mean, the kid put that much time into it. Yeah. I tell you a good story. Don't be a great shooter. Just oh my gosh, no, you know. And so he deserved to play, but he hit 121 out of 129 threes one morning before school. And the reason I know is 121 out of 129 because he went he went 50 some. We did this JJ Reddick drill, and and I would feed him, 
And he went 50 some before he missed. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So I started counting, you know, 50, 70, and 121 out of 129, he missed eight shots. That's unreal. I mean, that's not it was a, unbelievable. That's Neil, you know, the yeah. Jurassic. Uh, Same time. So, yeah, he hit 77 straight threes. On that's the insane. We were just sitting there rebounding for him. And even the crazy one about Neil, uh, he, it was over the course of two or three days, he hit 700 and some free throws in a row. Like all of us, like was volunteering. I don't right. know if you were part of that. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. that don't happen. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, you know, obviously Mac McClung. You said, uh, you know, you mentioned him earlier about being a sophomore year. At what age, I guess, did you notice? Notice, yeah. Okay, like, funny story. Funny story about Mac. He he played football. His dad was a Virginia Tech, uh, maybe cornerback, safety. I don't know, but. He, so he's following his dad's footsteps, and we noticed Mac on the football field, but he was this little. I mean, he was tiny. He was the smallest guy, but he was one of the most skilled guys. And he would get hit, and he would lay there and roll around, and he'd get back up, and he'd go get in the huddle. And I always kind of felt sorry for him. I was like, man, this kid's going to get wore out but because he's so small. But we started the Little League when my son was in fourth grade. Mac was – that would put Mac in the sixth grade. And so he hadn't really played basketball. So he'd never even not played. Really, he'd never really played. Yeah. And so we were in the hallway, and his mom teaches with me there, and, and we were we were doing a little league practice or something. I don't know. And Mac was just kind of sitting there looking in the door, and I was like, man, why don't you, why don't you come and try come to play? On in, come on in. And, you know, I had no idea. I just knew he was a little bitty guy that loved football, but he's a great athlete yeah. and super, and super like, like super competitive. Like there's the most competitive person you guys have ever met, and that's Mac. Yeah. I mean, he's so competitive. And and you could see it when he was little. And so he decided the next day he would like to give it a try. Well, by the time he's in the seventh grade, you could tell this kid is for real. I mean, he's taking this serious. Now, he's only this tall. But if he ever grows, and that's what yeah. we all, all said. Like, his dad's 6'2". His mom's really tall. His sister was almost six foot tall. His uh, uncle, who played for the Tampa Rays as a pitcher, is like 6'5". Yeah, his whole family. His whole family's athletic. big. And we're like, this little fart is not going to grow. <laughs> but if he does, you know what I mean? And that's what we said, if he grows. And he just kept getting better and better and better. And the true story, when he was a between his freshman and sophomore year, he dunked it for the first time one-handed. But by the end of the week, he was dunking it two hands off two feet doing some crazy stuff because he figured out how to jump. He's he's put together that good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I remember insane. Neil. I, I mentioned Neil a lot, but I remember him telling me, like, I, I believe he saw him in eighth grade or something. He told us, he's like, man, there's this kid out of Gate City. Mm-hmm. told us his name. I remember him talking about it. You know, he just knew from that age yeah. he was di- different. We lost in 2013 in the state championship game, and as I come out of the locker room, my son, Mac McClung, and Zach Irvin are all kind of standing there, and Mac comes over and gets right in my face. He says, Coach, uh, before I leave, I'm going to win your state championship. Seventh really? grade. I swear it happened. Yeah. He said, um, before I leave, I'm going to win your state championship. You know, and I was like, man, that's cute, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. You know, um, you know, and he reminded me of it years later. Uh that's just who he is. Yeah. Right? So Zach Irvin, what, he's a year younger than Mac. He's a year younger and than Mac. Back this question too: Did Mac or Zach did they hold back in eighth grade? Yes. Okay, they both, they both did. did. Mm-hmm. So he's a year younger uh-huh. now. Zach was like him growing up. Was he playing more? Zach was always big, 
and Zach was always skilled. Um, Zach was a little slow because he was so big, but as his as he began to work out, Mac and Zach really got on this workout kick with you know Marcus McClung, who who is Mac's you know dad, uh, helped design a, a really a really uh, good workout program for for Mac and Zach got involved in it too. That and they just they went from being good basketball players to being athletic great basketball players you know and usually players around here you either be athletic yeah or skilled yeah but now you have great players that are athletically skilled those two guys did they went to the next level and it was you know really it it changed my philosophy a little bit on the aau thing you know because at that one point in time my coaching career i hated aau i hated travel i was like i don't i want my guys with me all the time but I couldn't possibly give them what they got with Team Loaded. Yeah, and, so they started those, that. Oh, yeah, they started that stuff. And, you know, we didn't have them in the summer. But at the end of the summer, when we got them in the fall. And they were different. They were different they players. Were different guys. Like, you know. <laughs> so, also, during those years, you know, you've had this manager at Gate City helping you. His name's Chase Smith. He's a pretty special kid. He is a pretty special young man. Still helps us. Uh you know, growing up, Chase had some physical disabilities with his legs. He had a couple surgeries and, and some things. Chase always wanted to play, but, you know, just never was able really to do that. Uh, so he was our manager. And then, you know, one, one summer he we went to Wofford and he we let him play in a summer camp game with the JV team. And he hit six threes, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, yeah, but it's kind of uh, – you remember the special on, uh, on ESPN with the kid Jet Mac or something or Jet – it was something on ESPN. Oh, really? I have to look that up sometime. But yeah. but anyway, uh, on senior night, we let him dress. And uh, and Thad, we were playing Lebanon, and Lebanon had a good team. And I talked to Thad before, Thad Lambert. Uh, before the game, and I said, "Hey, look, if you're up 20 or we're up 20 at the end, I said I've got a kid I I'd like to put in, and uh, just you know, just letting you know." Yeah. And so anyway, we we happened to be up a few at the end, and we we put him in, and uh, he shot about four threes before before he made one. But every one of them was going in and out, you know. But he ended up scoring seven. <laughs> he nailed a three. He nailed a three. And and place went. Wild. I bet it went wild. Place went wild, and you know to watch Lebanon, you know, let him rebound the ball and. Uh, Tells you a lot about Coach Lambert, and they're in. We've had a lot of big games with Lebanon, but it really, really, we've we've always left uh, with a mutual respect for them and, yeah. and them for us. But you know, Chase scored seven that night, and uh, you know he oh, still so he talked, got he got a couple more. He did, <laughs> he did. So he had a good night, and it was it was great for our crowds. Probably the loudest our crowds ever been in that gym when yeah. he hit that shot. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, uh, you know, back back to Mackinac's years, um, you know, his freshman and sophomore year, uh, you know, you all had obviously success. I mean, what was kind of the, in a summary of those first yeah. couple of years on varsity? We were, uh, we, were, we were blending two teams. We had an old group of guys, and then the, we had several good seniors. That was kind of like earlier when I talked to you about if you're going to play your seniors, they need to be better than your – a lot better than your, you know uh, – Young yeah. guys, but at that point in time, Mac was a freshman, and he didn't start his first game as a freshman, and it destroyed him. And the reason it destroyed him is because he knew he deserved to start, you know. <laughs> and and I even knew it. it. It hurt me a little bit. I was like, you know, I probably screwed up there. So his second game, I started, and that was it. Because <laughs> the first game, he had like seventeen in the second half as a freshman at, da- really? at Daniel Boone. Yeah, he he had a great second half, but. And he was he was so little, but he was so determined. But 
after that, he started the rest of his career. Yeah, you know? every game. I'm the dumb coach. He didn't start him his first game. But, no, um, from there, we were trying to blend the best talent that, that I'd ever had. And I, you could see it coming with a bunch of old guys that were really good. And we ended up playing, playing like I said, uh, his sophomore year in the state uh, final four. But his freshman year, he had some unbelievable games. He had a shot against Union uh, at the buzzer to win. Uh, and then we go the next night and play Tennessee High, and they beat us 90 to 31. It was unreal. It was an awful game. We had beaten them twice previously, once in Arby's and once at home. But the same year? Get, same year. We'd, done, really? we'd, we'd beaten That's them wild. twice. Yeah. We, we beat Union on a Friday. We go to – we go to Tennessee on Saturday, and they beat the poo out of us. Ninety to thirty-one was the final. So, but you, you saw the struggles. You know, Mac as a freshman and sophomore was learning the game as a thing. You know, the total game. He was a great individual talent, but he, you know, and he's still doing that now with the Lakers. I talked. He called me actually last night. He called me, and he was talking about how he's having to transform his game from what he's been used to for three or four years to now. How. You know, all these agents and people are trying to help him, but he has to become a more distributing, uh, you know, man, engineering kind yeah, of point, point guard. guard yeah, we're off. Yes, yeah. and so that was the same. He had the same learning curve as a freshman and sophomore. Uh, you know, and as a sophomore, toward the end of the season, he started really uh, becoming elite. I mean, you could tell he was good, but he started doing things that, was he getting like district player of the year? Uh, was he? He did his not year? his sophomore year, uh, his junior and senior year. His sophomore year, uh, John Reed Barnes, I think, was the district player of the year. Mac was really really good, uh, but you know, even at Gate City, like we have a lot of decent, a lot of good players, yeah. you know, and like we like we give it up to those guys. Like our seniors were were they weren't as talented as Mac was at that time, but good, yeah, but they were as they were. As as valuable as Mac was, you know. Yeah. Uh, Mac's junior year, he really first game of the year we played Tennessee High, and he goes right down the middle with people in the lane and just cranks it on the guy. And we were like, "Oh my <laughs> goodness!" I mean, I mean, I mean, we'd seen it in practice, but I just you wonder if it's going to translate, you yeah. know, to the game. Yeah. The test run was the same as the real run. Yes, right? the test runs the same as the real. his senior year. He had like seventy two dunks. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah. So like you're his going into his junior year, Zach's a sophomore, Zach Irvin, yeah. Bradley Dean. Was he on the team? He was a freshman and, and was a was a young I mean, he was a young freshman, you know. Um and probably all three of those guys took some learning curves. Zach probably had the least amount of learning curves. Zach as a freshman was really good. He he was all Arby's as a freshman. Uh Zach's a talented player. Yeah. Uh, and this year, it's very high IQ. Basketball. Yes, very high IQ, and you know, good size young man. But anyway, yeah, those uh, that year, uh, you could tell we were going to be special for a couple of years because those three kids, you know, you have gifts and talents. You was talking about Josh. It was this Josh Smith. Is that his yeah. name? We're talking about him. You know, his gifting was strength, power, rebounding, yeah, determination. You know, determination. Yeah. Like, like you couldn't beat him. You know what no. I mean? Like whether it's football, basketball, whatever. You these three guys, their gift was scoring and competing. Yeah. And if you're talking about basketball, man, that's a hard thing. I've got the best three players anywhere, you know, on the same team. Yeah. Going to have them for a couple of years, but it goes back to what we said earlier. What I was what I was trying to allude to. You can be really good and really talented, but you you also have to be really solid. You know, uh, when you get to that place where you're playing the Robert E. Lee's and the John yeah. Marshalls, 
uh, of the and the Raptors of the world. And that's what that group had to do. Uh, and those three players had to do that. They were so good that sometimes they tended to not think that defensively they had to guard, you yeah. know. And and we did change in those years. We weren't as good defensively in those years. And, you know, in the state championship game, I, I probably hadn't played 100 uh, – see, so with that group, 100 games, we probably had only played five possessions of zone ever. But in the state championship game, we, we transitioned to a zone because – it was the right thing to do in the moment, and we yeah. played that whole game in zone. Well, yeah. I think a lot of times when you go out west, especially around here, you get teams that they've probably not seen the zone all year. Yeah. And it, it messes with teams, just like Syracuse and NCAA. Zones throw off. It teams does. Man all in the, the right situation, it's very hard to play against. What is, um, you know, something that from the outside looking in, you know, obviously, you know, Max phenomenon or what it, you know, the hype of it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was unreal from the outside looking in for, I think, all of Southwest Virginia. You know, it, it maybe never see anyone yeah. like that again. What Explain kind of the process of how that all even started. How it took off. How it took off and, you know, trying to navigate that as a head coach. Oh, well, it's funny. They set up and, and they'll, 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 get at, they'll get after me for telling you all this, but they set up this dunk. In, in an open gym situation where Mac goes in and dunks it on a kid. I think it was, I remember it was all set up. Yeah. It, nothing real about it. And I was like, guys, that's fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they post it. Well, it goes viral. And so, so is that one of the first? Ones? Yeah, it was one of the first viral posts, I guess. And so Mac constantly was looking to post stuff because he wanted his name out there so that he could, he yeah. wanted to play big time basketball. And yeah. he thought that was, and it actually worked, you know, and it got people looking and thinking and watching. But his, you know, his senior year, we went and played in a little uh, like jamboree type scrimmage thing against Science Hill. Now, it's one thing to play Science Hill and Dobbins Bennett. It's another thing to beat them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when I was a senior in high school, we played them in camp and they beat us by 60. I mean, yeah. it's a different league. Uh, and now you're looking at a Gate City team who's not only playing these guys, but we're beating them. You know what I mean? We beat Science Hill and Mac had 52. And it just it created it's like the first game of the year and everybody's like whoa what what just happened yeah and and all of a sudden you've got you got people that are calling like who is this kid and uh, so his junior year like wasn't as much of a he had sixty four in a game his junior year and it really it got some public was that your last game no no it, it was it was uh, we actually lost that game but we played another couple games That's that right. year. But he had 64 in that game. We played terrible. Yeah, I remember 64. you all losing the Yeah, we, we lost that game, and we were so bad. But uh, So his junior year is when really attention came to him. But then his senior year, he raised it to another level. Like, I didn't think he could go from, you know, four, he had like 42 dunks his junior year, and he had 64 points one game. You know, he was getting attention from, obviously, Georgetown was coming in, and those teams were coming in and offering him scholarships. But then his senior year, you know, the danger is, is he going to get complacent? What's he, he raised it to another level. It was crazy the stuff he did his senior year because now he's not just a player on a good team. Now he is getting all the attention from the opposing team. And we're playing, you know, we scheduled Cleveland out yep. of Tennessee. We didn't, and that's another thing we've done in our program. We, we've scheduled those types of teams and whether you win or lose, 
I didn't really care. You want to put your kids and your teams in, in adverse situations so that they become better. It'll know? help you down the road. It does. Yeah, and I, yeah. mean, uh, I, I remember watching you on Arby's uh, Impact yeah. Senior. Yeah. I mean, it's just unreal. It's unreal. The, the amount of people. You know, the guy – and then there's a coach in the Arby's that had, had literally said to him, you're going to Georgetown to sit. He he said that to him yeah, as he's shooting free throws. Like, no, I'm, I'm about he's that. like, no, I'm going, I'm going to start, you know, and, and yeah. so that stuff like that gets attention, and it just so happened that like over time in the ball's life and the Twitter and the Instagram and all that stuff just hit, you know, the social media, the, the market just went boom, and and Mac was one of those, you know, uh, let's just face it, a white kid six foot tall who's doing the stuff he's doing. Yeah. And yeah. he had set like when I say he had seventy two dunks, there's probably ten of those where he was, you know, they were trying to keep him from dunking, and he's rising above those yeah. guys and just, just doing some crazy on. stuff in transition. But Brad Dean was was so much a part of that. Yeah. I've never seen anybody able to alley oop yes, on time awesome. like Brad Dean did. Brad probably had thirty oops to him in that season of those seventy some dunks. Thirty of them were oops from Brad. Yep. You know, and, and he's think, not found anybody since that could do that. Yeah, and I think from the outside looking in too, you know, like if Mac was on a team, let's just say Mac played at Council during some of our bad years, just yeah. hypothetically, you know, I think having Irvin and De- Dean on the team too yeah. was able to open him up more. Oh yeah, you know, to where they couldn't just funnel everything around no. him. You know, yeah. you all ended up having three two thousand scores. <laughs> insane. And, and you know, I think there's probably a lot of you know, even your son was on those teams. And I, I think the role players, yeah, just unreal how they understood their role. Yeah, those guys, it, the, the reason we won how we won. You know, I've had great teams and you guys have seen great teams and you can have great players. But if those other guys don't do their job, like my son, and we had two, uh, like Drew, and then we had two big guys, David George and Jonathan Sally, who, who absolutely were – uh, key, you know, and John, like John Compton. And uh, again, you said you were talking about Drew. I mean, th- those guys did stuff that created the other stuff. Yeah. You know, they the alleys, because yeah. they weren't getting shots, yeah. you know, you all yeah. wouldn't have. Uh, and, you know, Mike, Zach, and Brad were so bad defensively. I ain't going to lie. You know, those other guys <laughs> had to be so much better yeah. at covering their hind end, you know. And so those role players uh, were, honestly, they were stars, you know. And on other teams, they would have, you know, they would have been, you know, scored more points and things of that nature. But uh, they accepted that. And, you know, I was talking to Drew one day. I was like, man, you know, I'm sorry you can't get more shots. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't care. We're winning. This is fun. Really matter, you know? No, he just laughed. He's like, we're good, <laughs> you know. As long as we're winning. Yeah, as long as we're winning. You so, know? Mac and uh, Mac's senior year, and uh, you all played in a very, very popular game. Um, I think one of the best just environments ever was at UVA wise mm-hmm. in the region final mm-hmm. against Graham. Yeah. And they ended up beating you all that night. I was there. Um, you know, did that motivate you all going forward? It did. It broke our hearts. Um, we saw it as a staff coming. We, uh, I, I was hoping it wouldn't happen. You want to roll, you know, you want to roll the table. Uh, you want to go away and not lose, but um, we saw it coming. We were not, we, we weren't good defensively. We were shooting terrible shots. I, I don't mean all of them were terrible shots, but we were shooting too many bad shots in the game. And, you know, at first you make your habits and then your habits make you. And we were making habits that were going to get us beat. And it, and it did get us beat. Uh, Graham exposed us. Graham took better shots than we did. They were tougher than we were. Yeah. And they guarded Mac a little differently than anybody else had guarded him. 
and we we got beat. That you guard know? they had, what was his name? Uh, they had let's see. Man, he was tough. He was tough. They had several little. Uh, they had several little guards that were pretty yeah. good, but they also had a couple big guys that made it hard for us when we got yeah. in there to get to the rim. Uh, what was his name? Doc on it. He yeah. was young. He graduated like 17 years old. Yeah. He, he was a very yeah, good he, player. Yeah, he, what did they do differently on Mac that night? They they guarded him with with uh, one man, and then they went shadowed. They everywhere. shadowed everywhere else. Now, when we played like Science Hill, some of those teams, Dobbins Bennett. Uh, I don't think we played Dobbins Bennett that year. Cleveland, I guess it was. Uh, they would go and double Mac and double Mac and double Mac every time we got the ball. Well, that's a mistake because he he's hard to double. You split it. He splits it, yeah. or he or he gets out of it, or he'll pass and get it right back. Yeah, and now it's now it's four on three. Yeah. You know, and you got Mac with the ball. Graham didn't do that. Graham just kept him pushed out and let him shoot deep threes and just kept him in front of him. So they guard him a little differently. Uh, so we had to adjust the next time we played him. But the key to beating Graham that year was getting the lead and then keeping them on because the you beat them in the next game. And we did. Tazzle, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was that was another great game. That's something that we've talked about a lot, Coach. Today is losing and, and how it's actually it's good it, you know it makes you want more it's mm-hmm. it's it's a building block of a fuel i guess mm-hmm. you could say for you all what you say i can yeah and for me personally as a coach you know we, those early years at gate city when we lost to twin springs a team that i had coached you know i wanted to beat them obviously uh but losing those games were they, they it hurt and so i go back to the drawing board i'm like how can i learn to win these games as a coach and and those Tough times in your life, you know, it makes you either you either quit or you figure it out. You find a way, and so that loss, uh, the loss to Virginia High in 2012, was very was very personally and collectively hurtful to our program. We were like we 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 felt like we deserved to win, and we did, but we didn't win that game. And uh, those types of losses, as you go on. And and you get to where like when Graham beat you, and 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 you're and we knew we had the best team. You know what I mean? Uh, our players knew that, our coaching staff knew that. But at the same time, it was like we aren't, you know. And, and it it put us it just put us on edge. And so the next games that we play, we we lost to Graham in the region championship. The next game was Radford, who hadn't lost in two years. You know, and they had won the single A state championship and then moved up to double A and hadn't lost all year. And they were very good. And we had to go to RU. And here we are, in my opinion, like the best team in the state. And we're traveling to play this other team who is also – could very well be the best team in the state too. And that was the worst feeling. It was the worst week of of prep because I was under so much pressure. And then our players were under so much pressure – and and we were your backs we, were against the wall. Backs were against the wall, and we were trying to fend off Ballis life in overtime. Yeah, and WCYB and all this stuff, and like we had to just you just had to just we put it. ourselves in a bubble, and I told them I, I wouldn't let them in. And and uh, for that whole week, uh, we actually came in on a Monday, and I mean we have all week to practice and getting ready to play on Friday, and on Monday I was like, I mean our guys are destroyed. And so we played t-ball in practice. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what we did. We didn't even pick up a basketball. We just kind of – it was crazy. I got the mic, and I did the commentate, and it was so fun. Yeah, but that's, yeah. What, you, that's what you needed. You need, we like, needed a break. We needed a tense. break. Everybody's Everybody on edge. On edge. And, you know, and eventually, by the time we got to Friday, we had loosened up, went to RU, and it was a strange environment. 
it was absolutely packed. I mean, it was thousands of people waiting in line when we got there. Yeah. And so the pressure's on. And once you once you get the game going, Rafford actually guarded Mac like Science Hill and some of those teams did, which was a mistake. They tried to double him every time he got it, and that was a mistake, you know, because we had we had uh, you know those other role players who were going to set screens, catch passes, and we had Zach and Brad who were going to score. Yep. And all of a sudden, you know, Rafford found themselves down. We were up twenty at one point in time just because they were they spent so much attention on Mac, and he was mature enough. Uh, to get rid of, yep. you know, and there you was a time you can't do that when you got no. the, the Irvin and Dean over there no. waiting in the no. But we were there so was much no answer though. No, uh, yeah, I mean, you're like you can't do We were we were we were so much better those three games, like against Rafford and Graham, and then uh, Robert E. Lee in the finals. We were so much better those three games because Mac was better. He was better defense. He stopped gambling. For three games, the guy didn't gamble. <laughs> you know, he kept his man in front of him, and he did what he's supposed to do. Did his job. He did his job, and we were much better those three games. And you know, we won those three games by fifteen or more. It was just, it was just a, it was a good way to finish a season. What was it like the rematch against Graham? How how ready were they that game? We were all sick. Yeah, uh, we were not sick physically. We were sick mentally, emotionally. There was like so much pressure. Uh, I can't explain it. They There's, chose to host it at Tazel, yes. Tazel Middle School. It was a, it was was a mistake. Yeah. It was a mistake on their part. If they would have took us back to Wise, they would have probably beaten us because yeah. our kids so? our kids hate playing there. That team hated playing at Wise. That, yeah. They hated playing at Wise. Why was that? What was I don't know. The backdrop. It was, the, it was the lights. Yeah. It was the getting beat by Graham. Yeah. They was like, I don't ever want to go back there again. Yeah, Graham thought the Graham, to my knowledge, Graham thought that they were doing something to you all yeah. By going to Tazzle, they did. correct? They did, and and actually, what happened was Tazzle's more like our gym. It's it's kind of yeah. a it's kind of a high school, middle school type gym. Cracker box. It was a cracker box, and it was a mistake. Uh, we and we, uh, Mac was on fire that night, man. He just he was not going to lose, and you know that they were so good. Graham was really good. They had a good team. Now was that that was the final four game? That was the final four game, and then, and, uh, then you went to. Richmond. Richmond and played Robert E. Lee. How good were they, though? I mean, obviously to be there. They, but. they weren't as good as they were the previous year. They had a kid named Darius George who was playing at Marshall now. He graduated, and he was actually their leader. Uh, now, they had Jarvis Vaughn, who was, you know, a 6'9 kid who was obviously a great player. He was we, going somewhere, too. He right? went somewhere. ODU, I think, is where he yeah. ended up. But he, uh, we ended up having to go zone because we couldn't stop him. We were guarding him, man. He, as soon as he got the ball, he was scoring. So we went zone, and, and we played one behind him, one in front of him. And we, we made their guard shoot, uh, and they, they didn't hit shots. And, you know, it, you know, it kind of put them in a spot. But Mac and, Mac and Zach scored 24 and 47 in that game. You know, and, yeah. I mean, Mac had 47. He had 47. Yeah. That wasn't that a record or something? It was. He beat J- he, uh, J.J. Reddick's record. Yeah, and hadn't he, I guess at that point, you know, what game was it whenever he broke the all That game. Oh, that game. That game. That game. He broke it, the all, it all records that game. It all happened oh. that game. Yeah. 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 yeah so that was your – was it your fourth or fifth state title appearance? Uh, that one, let's see. So, seven, eight, thir- uh, 13, 
18. Yeah, it's my fourth. Coach is uh, sitting over here counting on his. I wish I had that. I wish I could <laughs> yeah. sit and be like, wait, okay. how many state title games uh, did uh, my coach do? Don't you, Booby? I can go and count. I don't even have been to <laughs> That's a first class problem, Coach. Yeah, it is a first class problem. But, uh, it makes you sick, though. We're like, I have one, one, and one and four. <laughs> so, how, how good? Yeah, I mean, just when that buzzer went off, did it finally oh. just, just to get it? For 20 some years, I was like, if I ever get in that spot, I prayed to God. I was like, God, let me for the last minute and a half be up enough to where I don't, I can just yes, enjoy take it. Sit down, down, and, sit down and take it back. So the funny thing is, we I started subbing my other guys at like a minute and 13 seconds. And my assistant coach, Chris Fugit, he grabbed me and he said, Don't do it. <laughs> I was like, Why? We're good. He's like, Coach, don't do it. I don't do it. He said, I don't feel it. <laughs> so, I, so I pulled him back from the table and set him back down. And waited till it got like um, forty seconds, and I was like, Can I, I think we're good now. <laughs> we're good now. He was like, Yeah, we're good. <laughs> and it turned out good because Mac got one more bucket. It was a it was a alley. Was it that dunk? Yeah, it's that dunk. Yeah. His last I bucket. That. His last bucket was a dunk. You know, Patrick Ewing was up in the box watching, uh, and after the game, he was like, "Man, that's the way to end it, Mac." You know, and yeah. with the dunk. But what was that like meeting Patrick? Ewing that was crazy. You know, that, growing up watching that year, I, I got a call one day and was like, Coach, come out, you know, to the to the house. And it was Mac. And I got there and there was Patrick Ewing and Lewis Orr and all these other – the whole <laughs> staff was there. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my gosh. A little starstruck? Oh, a little starstruck, yeah, yeah. But it was neat. Uh, but like you said earlier, it became, it became too much. Like we had to get like police escorts out of some of these – schools like that like Daniel Boone High School there were so many kids and people and it wasn't little kids it was like I mean big kids 20 some year old kids and adults and people wanting to touch him and wanting yeah. to get his autograph and like he got like halfway through the season like he told me when he's like coach I'm tired you know I, I'm getting I'm mentally tired and yeah. so we had to get a plan on how to get in and out of some of these places that we were playing and it was real a lot of the Tennessee schools when we would come to Tennessee uh they were just enamored by him it was, yeah. it was crazy you know and now the teams in our district lehigh's the only one that was like man this is awesome like they would come to games and they knew they were going to lose but they got his <laughs> autograph and picture after like everybody else was like you know hate this you know yeah. you know why since we're going to stand us I, I think that's oh uh, yeah we did they were social good media is what i mean mm -hmm. blew that up i mean it's just unreal it yeah. was yeah i you know i think you know the mac and zach and we all them during that that run, I think they inspired a lot of the, the young kids in the area, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think that's something that's probably underlooked because it kids that's probably worked at it to see, hey, you know, Matt playing with the, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Lakers or whatever, that, hey, you know, it is possible yeah. in this area. I think that's pretty awesome. And Matt gave back to those kids. He, yep. You know, he uh, he didn't leave any kid without the opportunity to get us something signed. Like if he was somewhere and there was a line of little ones, he waited till the – to the last kid and he told me one time that he did that because he was uh it, it was i think it was julius jones or, or it was him or thomas one of them like was he was a little bitty kid and they were signing stuff and they cut it off and he was at the back of the line he didn't get he didn't get his thing signed and he was like i'll never do that you know yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome that is cool um so you know the year well you know you, you want a state title and matt graduates goes on to georgetown it all—it almost seems like a an obvious type of answer, but is Mac hands down the best guard ever in Southwest Virginia? Now I coached him, and so uh, and I—I'm gonna say in my 
South Bay, 23 years of coaching plus the 10 years prior when I was, you know, old enough to see. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There wasn't anybody in that time period. I don't know about before. Um, there's a lot of comparisons between him and like a Calvin Talford or what, and some yeah. of that, but the different types of players. Yes. I think Mac may be the best player ever to come out of this area. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think you'll get any arguments from us here. I think no, no. He, you can't uh, he's argue. even better than you think, if I can, if that makes sense. He's, he's he's even better. Now, he's got some deficits, you know, and he's had to work on those things, but the kid was unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean, you know, even Zach Irvin, you know, his senior year has to be one of the best scorers ever. Yeah, ever and poor Zach like tore his knee up his senior yeah. year and had to miss eight games. For him to have surgery on meniscus – and then come back at the end and score thirty something against Radford. You know, if Zach stays healthy that year, we literally we may have won it again. Yeah, uh, Zach's playing at Elon right he's now. He's at Elon right now. Yeah. You know, he tore his ACL last yeah. year. Yeah, he's, he's had just had some. He's had some knee problems. So, who puts you all out his senior year? Radford. Radford. Yeah, and they ended up winning it. Yeah, yeah, they put us out in the final four. Uh, and Zach was, uh, I mean, I'm, and he was a shadow of himself. He was playing on one leg. And, yeah. You know, yeah, again, our role players were still there. were very good, and uh, Zach was a big part of that. But, you know, he went out that year for eight games. Uh, people thought, you know, why Central was good, Union was good, all these teams were good, and they thought they were going to get us. But, you know, our role player, like my son, had 16 against Y Central at Y Central in a game where Zach don't play. And you start seeing him score and John Compton score and some of these guys that haven't scored ever yeah, that can because score. that can score yeah. – and now we still win. We don't lose a game while he's out, except to Cleveland. We went to Cleveland. And they were, Cleveland and I guess Dean stepped up big time there. He right? started shooting a few more shots, and uh, we had a lot of guys that stepped up. And that probably helped out a lot. Though. It did. It did. And a similar thing happened. I learned in two thousand and six. A similar thing happened. We lost our best player, who was who ended up being uh, Josh Kilgore. Right at the end, we lost him to an ankle injury, and ended up being player of the year in a district, but our team still moves on and almost, almost gets in a spot where we win a region championship, but we lose to Twin Springs in three overtimes, uh, which was probably the hardest loss I've ever had was losing to Twin Springs in three overtimes in 06. And that was at Clinchco, I think, maybe. But we go, we go, I mean, three overtimes, you know, to <laughs> it's Keith Warner and Mark Dockery. And that's the game that Keith hit the three. We were up two, and Keith wasn't a great three-point shooter, but he hits a three on us, and they go up one at the end. I'm like, golly, you little turd, you know. <laughs> but he's one of my favorite players ever, too. Yeah. Talking about Keith, I mean, Keith Warner, you've had a lot of great coaches at Gate City to help you over the years. I have, and, you know, some of them played for me. I went from, a, uh, you know, my as far as my coaching career, from coaching with guys that, like Greg Irvin and Chris Fugit, guys that were my mentors, learning under them, and then coaching with guys like Terry Bird, uh, Shannon Carter, who were my age, who we were, you know, close friends, and then coach, and then getting guys like Keith Warner, Jamie Hackney, Austin Arnold, uh, Fred Self to to come and help me as young coaches, and you know, for them to help me as a coach after playing for me is a little weird for them. It's not for me, but it was a little odd for them. Yeah. But to see them mature and to grow, Hunter Jones is another one. Uh, he's you know, a he's right. a Rykob now. Uh, Hunter Jones is one, is going to be one of the best coaches in yeah. the area in, in a few years. Uh, and I'll throw, throw my, my buddy Fred Self out. Yeah. He's, 
he yep. took over from PH. Yep. I mean, he's he's just a great guy. Great guy. And the 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 common theme to successful coaches who do it for a long time and have much success. And Keith Warner's one of them. He's doing it in football Twin Springs right now. It's the it's the ability to connect with your players. Yes. Like Fred Self has that. Yes, he you know? does. And when I he coached my son in football and basketball at Gate City and I saw it early. You know, when Drew would come home and talk about Coach Self and he would tell stories about Coach Self, I knew there was a connection because he yep. was talking about him. And Fred's one of those guys. Uh Fred Self will be successful at anything he does. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. He really will. And and so Keith Warner's one of those guys. Uh and you, you get you get the John, John Reed Barnes, who's now the head coach, is one of those guys at Gate yeah. City, and that's the key. If you can connect with those players, and you can get them to believe you, because at the end of the day, I you have to go in that locker room, and without saying it, you have to be able to imply that my way's the only way. You have to trust me. You can't you can't do what your parents think you ought to do, or even what you think you ought to do. You have to trust me. And the ability to connect with that kid uh, and get that kid and collectively the whole group to believe you, to trust you, and to give you their heart, that's the key to winning, you know. Yep. you got to do the other things too. But th- those coaches we've talked about, Shannon Boy, you know, we talk about Shannon Boy. He's been with me for a couple decades, but we've been together. And he's always done the dirty work, you know. He's traveled to Alta Vista to get a game film overnight or he's – you know, he's coached my seventh grade. He's coached my eighth grade. He's coached yep. my JV. He's done everything I asked him to do. You got to have those kind of people in your program uh, who can connect with kids, who can teach the game a little bit. Uh, but the key is the kid. It's it's really not the game. Uh, I've had coaches who didn't know much about the game, but they knew a lot about kids. Yep. And that's you know that that's the connecting thing. Yeah, and I think you know it serves you a lot of credit. Just it's a top down thing too. You know the people that you brought in and. Um, you know, created that culture. Mm-hmm. It doesn't uh, happen overnight, that's for sure. No, it doesn't. And you have to be very selective and very careful about who you allow to be a part of your program um, because it just takes one or two bad apples Bad apples to, 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 to wh- whether it's an eye roll or whether it's a, you know, because what happens is parents and even kids go to those guys and they question me, you know, yeah. and they're looking for an escape. They're yep. looking for an excuse. They're looking for somebody to agree with them that Coach Ramian is doing my kid or doing me wrong. And if those guys give any kind of inclination that they agree, then you have a point. Even if they don't say, yeah, even if yes. it's like a, a shrug yeah. or something like yeah. that. Well, it's yeah. not my decision. It's his. Yeah. Yeah. That's a poison. And those types of things, we, I've never had to deal with that. Uh, I've, I've been very – I've only had one coach that tried to come in and do some of that, and it was really – quick and and i didn't do it ugly but we you know he was not no longer coaching for us but you you have to have it's like a family you know mom and dad have to be on the same page uh you know and and, or the kids are going to figure it out so yeah Yeah, so uh back back uh into the year after uh zach urban bradley dean senior year you actually made it back to the to the state championship game again We right. did. And, and, you know, Dean would just – he was going off scoring another 2,000-point score, mm-hmm. and he's playing at Wise now, right? Yes. Um, you know, talk about that. It was a very unique situation. Hopefully the only time as a, a country we have to face 
being at a state championship game and happening yeah. what happened. <laughs> talk about the crazy. COVID situation. Yeah, we were. Uh, that was a great year. I, those kids were all. Part, most of those kids were all part of that state championship team in eighteen, and two years later, they're seniors and not sophomores, and they knew how to win. And winning's winning. You know, if you can if you can score enough points, you can obviously figure out how to defend people. But we were pretty good defensively, and we had a couple guys step up and be able to score. Uh, and we just kept on winning. But uh, Brad was really good, too. Uh, but so, anyway, in that game, that, that state championship game, um, right before the game, it, it, it was kind of uh, – it was a buzz. They had already canceled all the other games, and we were going to be the last game in, at, in, the, in the Virginia High School League state tournament. And the question was, do you all want to play or not, you know? And I, I kind of asked our guys, and they were like, yes, we want to play. We don't want to be co-champs, you know, yeah. that – We'd rather be runner-up than coach. Your, your girls, were they there that year too? Our girls won it that year. Yeah. So they, they play right before us. Yeah. They win it. And then we're getting ready to go out and they're like, they canceled the tournament. Do y'all want to play? And we're already dressed. I mean, we're already yeah. we're getting ready to warm up. And we're like, yeah, we want to play. Because Honeaker's girls was supposed to play after y'all or the yeah. next day. And they was, were yeah, champions. all of them were up there. And all Auburn's boys and there was a bunch of teams. But anyway, that was – you played – was, was it? We played John Marshall, and they had two Division One players, yep. and their kids. You know, I I made some comments on the post game, but you know, their kid, none of their kids came up in their feeder program. They they don't have a feeder program. They have a recruiting program, which is team loaded. Which is I'm not I'm not dissing team loaded because Zach and Mac and Brad they all played for team loaded. Yep. But but at the same time, it's a kind of an unfair advantage for them uh, because they can get these kids from their eighth and ninth grade and and. And they pull them into John Marshall High School, and all of a sudden you've got all these Division One players that are playing, you know, Double A basketball, yeah. and it, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, they and were, it was kind of aggravating because we would have had another state championship, but you know, that's an excuse. <laughs> now, I don't, yeah. don't want to go into that, but yeah. uh, but we had that was a really I was really proud of my team that year. They they really uh, had a great season. And then um, you know, obviously COVID, you know, took a took a big toll on all of us, and. Uh, Last year, weird season. That was your your yeah, last last season. Your last season. I almost I almost got out before that, but I thought I, you know it really wouldn't have been fair to those kids to have a new coach and then all these new protocols, uh, yeah. the mask mandates and the nobody being at the games and the the spacing that you had to sit and all that stuff. It was weird, and so you go into these places and you don't get a dressing room. You just go in ready to play, and there's nobody there. Yeah. It's a different environment and. You know, Terry Bird, one of my long, long-time friends and coaches who's coached with me forever, uh, he he and I both agreed we kind of liked it <laughs> because it took all the other stuff out of it and it just it's became just a game. Yeah. You know, it was a game. And when it was over, you got your stuff, you got on the bus, you went home. Yeah, it was a lot not because I helped it was John different. girls. You at least got out of games quicker. You weren't yeah. there at those quads yeah. for four or five Could hours. you imagine if that situation had been near a magazine? Oh, here? my gosh. Oh, it would have yeah. been sad. <laughs> yeah. It would have been sad. But, yeah. but we had a great – you know, last year was a great season. We lost to a couple teams. Uh, and it kind of made our kid, made our other kids uh, step up. Eli Starnes and Jake Taylor had a big game against Graham. Uh, we actually beat Graham at uh, at Graham last year, which was huge for that team. Uh, 
And now, was it uh, – not to interrupt, but was it last year – was was that the first time you'd ever lost a mountain set or mountain seven game or something like last that? Last year was the first mountain seven game we'd ever lost. That, yeah. That's an insane streak. Yeah. Like, what was the streak? How long? Uh, it was like uh, 80, or 90, 80 or 90 games. 80 or 90 probably. games hadn't lost yeah. a, a yeah. Yeah. game. Yeah. And you, who ended up – was it at Y-Central? Uh, let's see. Or Union. Y-Central never beat us. Union beat us twice. Yeah. Actually, Union ended up beating us. Three three times. Because uh, Union won state last Because Union won state. And then uh, Ridgeview beat us. Ridgeview beat us at Ridgeview. Well, they were pretty good last year. Yeah. Mountain 7 basketball is pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. It's a yeah. tough. You yeah. know, me and Coach Atkins talked about it movie on the last podcast. I mean, just the the games, yeah. top to bottom. I mean, it's it's a tough league. Uh, East Rock, you know, their, co- their head coach uh, and I are really good friends. And uh, he called and he was just talking about Union. He's like, he just kept trying to figure them out. And I was like, Coach, just this list to me. They're tough. Their point guard is very solid. They're big man and can score. I said, and and then they have a six foot seven kid that's you know young but good. Yeah. I said, you're gonna have a hard time beating because you know East Rock had the big kid that's not Nichols. That's, yeah, Nichols. That's going to, going to Tech, but yeah, yeah Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. It's going to Carolina, but it's like I watch them play, and I'm like, their other pieces aren't as good, you know. And yeah. I told him, I said, Coach, everybody they got on the, on the floor is good and yeah it was impressive he, he learned i mean and you know right for radford to come in there and you know they they beat radford you know fair and square you know right there but union was good last year so uh you know at, you had already made that decision at that time that you were going to step down i had in my and mind did the kids I, know no 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 i did not i did not do that what was that the whole situation like of deciding to step down after all those years uh the lord honestly every Every day of my life, uh, I allow the – when I say allow the Lord, that don't sound right. That kind of sounds like, you know, but we make choices, you know. And so you either choose – you choose to allow God to order your steps or you try to order your steps. And so I, every day of my life, I try to allow the Lord to order my steps. And I just knew, like, two years prior to when I was trying to get out, my like, the Lord spoke to my wife. And I was trying, I was, I had already arranged. I'd talked to the superintendent and the principal. I was like, I'm not coming back next year. And that was two years ago. I, and I need, I need to be out. And, and so she, she got real silent and she, and I was like, and so finally I was, I talked to her one day and she's like, you need to hear for yourself, you know? And so I told her what I thought I was hearing. And I thought I was hearing, I need to stay. <laughs> Dag on it, <laughs> you know, but she was like, you need to stay. And so for her to say that and for me to feel that as well, uh, it, it confirmed it. But the next year, like last year, I knew. I mean, God had given me peace. He had given me the opportunity to coach one more year. And I just knew. Like, And I'm at total peace with it. Like tomorrow practice starts for our guys. Yeah. And I'm I'm not at all missing it. I'm, it, it. I have turned the page. And I'm You're excited to sit in the stands. I'm excited to watch a game or two. And uh, John Reed's take a, he, taking over. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a great hire. Yeah, I do too. He's he's a he's a good again good character guy, with great personality. And kids love him. Yeah, and I think key. he'll probably just keep the same tradition going. I think he will. Um, you know, after out of all your teams, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I try to put everybody on the spot at some point. You know, you you won one state title, um, 2018 with Mac and Zach and all them. Is that the best team? Ever in Southwest Virginia, that again, and you yeah. can't biased or unbiased. Yeah, I, I think I think it was, uh, but I, but again, I was the coach of that team. Yeah. Um, Hard to argue. They weren't unbeatable. 
you know, Graham beat us, yeah. you know. And so I think there may have been some better teams depending on divisions. Uh, but I, I don't I, – I do think Mac was the best player that's ever come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would – you know, I can defend that with film or anything else people yeah. want to say. But, but I, yeah, <laughs> but I also think that, you know, you've got – Basically, three Division One players. I think Bradley Dean was a Division One player who just really never got that opportunity. COVID yeah. messed that up too because yeah. everybody got an extra year, and so the recruiting for his yeah. senior year was like they they weren't taking anybody and yeah. they bring everybody back. So, uh, yeah, I think that could have been the best team. It wasn't the best defensive team. It certainly wasn't uh, the most efficient offensive team, but it might have been the most talented team that's ever been through here. Yeah, I think that's hard to argue when you have three two thousand four yeah. scores. And- yeah, no. Some role players knew how to play. My most fun team, you know, we won a state championship. And by that time, I had done everything else in coaching that I wanted to do. And, and when that happens, it's like, is okay, is this it? You know, uh, my most fun team, I think, was the next year when my son was a senior, just to be able to coach my son. You know? So your son was a senior. He was a day. senior at 19. He yeah. and Zach were, were – yeah, they were together. And for Zach to go out and miss eight games uh, and our team to still win like we did, and that, and that was a proud moment because yeah. I was thinking when Zach went out, man, it's probably – we're probably going to struggle, you know. But we kept all the streaks going. We kept winning at home. We kept winning yeah. in the league. We won the region hands down. I mean, walking – running away with it. Yeah. Uh, at Graham, against when, when Graham. When did Zach come back? What game? He came back against uh, um, Y Central in the region semifinal game at Graham. And we struggled to score because he was trying to hit shots and stuff. But then after that, uh, we played. We won that game, and then we played Graham, uh, and we were just we were just we were good. Uh, yeah. We weren't great, but we were good. We were good defensively. We uh, our other guys like Drew, my son, hit shots, and John Compton hit shots, and our big guys were efficient underneath. And so they scored like eight, seven, ten, six. Zach probably had eighteen. Brad probably had twenty five, and then. You know, we're hard to beat when you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah, well, Coach, uh, you know, I, this has been a great podcast. Uh, you know, I know, again, just like Coach Atkins, you know, he says he's stepping down this year. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to speak for the Gate City community, but I feel like I can just the appreciation probably that they have for you and just, you know, all that you've done for the kids and the program. And, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, I talked to Mark Darker about it. It's hard to argue Gate City – has the best boys basketball tradition in Southwest Virginia. You know, it's yeah, in, yeah. you know you've been a, a vital part of that. Obviously, um, I think longevity. Anytime yeah. you're somewhere for a long time, and you, you know, uh, you're able to have good people and good standards. And I hope they. I hope that looking back in many years from now, that people look back and say, "Well, you did it the right way." You know, yeah. he treated kids good, and he loved them, and that that was my. That was my goal going into coaching, just to be good to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and to be able to, uh, to to coach a game that I love and win a few and you know that I'll miss. Yeah. <laughs> that I'll Those miss. Wins. Yeah, it's, it's just the feeling. kids and the 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 bus rides. Those things you miss. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, Coach, we really appreciate you coming. Uh, you're still living uh, in Gate City. I live in Gate City now. So I not do. too bad of a nope. job for you. No, nope. not to having him, but we really appreciate you coming on and. Um, this podcast uh, will be out on Tuesday. We're recording on Sunday, but uh, we really appreciate you coming. And Booby, you got anything? No, man, I had a great time today. It's just 
really, uh, really great to get an insight to hear about some of those those great teams and just a, a coach like yourself that's made such an impact on Southwest Virginia hoops. And it's good to get your insight. And it was really, really nice to get down and sit and talk to you. Thank you. I had a, a, this has been really, really fun. Maybe we can do it again. So I'd love that. Well, guys, that's Coach Vermillion. Um, again, hopefully, hopefully you all enjoy this episode. We definitely enjoyed it. We will see you all for episode five in a couple weeks. I wanted to tell everybody about uh, Coach Vermillion's podcast that he hosts. He hosts a podcast with Dave Hibbets. It's called Walk It Out. It's a Christian-based podcast. Um, you can just go out on Spotify and search for Walk It Out podcast, and I found it that way. Um, everybody go check his podcast out. Thanks.